Andy Pithouse, how has the advent of um, the setting of standards, the setting of standards in the education of social workers and the regulatory framework that is imposed from outside, how has that changed the job of the social worker? Well, I'm not entirely sure how it has changed it uh, in the in the sense that social workers get on with their cases day by day and deal with the, the, the matters of the moment. Quite how they refer to codes of ethics, to standards, to regulations is an empirical question and, and, uh, uh, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that uh, social workers look at them, manage them skillfully uh, insofar as they do look at them and insofar as they feel they're relevant to the case in hand sometimes. But these days, uh, social workers are much more explicitly trained in codes of ethic and in national occupational standards than ever before. So we should expect to see, I think, a more more uniform practice, I think, and hopefully better practice in that regard. I, I think the concerns are, of course, though, that whether the standards steer us too much towards a skills and competences notion of practice and don't allow enough of that critical judgment that Maggie and others spoke about today and how we need to encourage critical creative thinking rather than measuring ourselves against a a set of uh, particular skills or competencies. Those things are absolutely necessary, but whether they're sufficient for a sophisticated practitioner in a complex modern world is a question of some concern, I think, to the profession at the moment. Now, in Wales, for example, and here is a good example of, I think, policy differing in a sense from England. England had to register social work courses, many social work courses in England, training social workers, and uh, they had to bring in the standards and test students against them. But I think they gave a lighter touch in England because of the number of social work courses to be registered in a relatively short period of time. Steve would correct me if I got this wrong. But in Wales, we've only got about eight courses. And so the Care Council for Wales could take a more uh, detailed uh, and uh, assertive approach to standards and the way they are factored into training. And I think we in Wales think that England have had a a more discretionary approach, I think, uh, to the way standards have developed post-evolution than in Wales. In Wales, we have six key roles, the 21 units, as in England, 77 elements mapped out against the levels one, two and three and students will know very well what those levels are and so fairly prescriptive in a way fairly external prescriptive requirements for training which I think uh, gives us some concern about whether or not it's all far too about observable behaviour rather than about um, creating uh, professionals with a range of intellectual and uh, capacities to deal with complex situations and so uh, in a sense as ever with policy it never comes off the pages uh, onto the real world and acts uniformly We accept the standards, endorse them, but we also treat them as some critical facility as well. And so we do expose them to some discussion and we we also look to students themselves to be able to treat them to see whether they work and apply. And Steve may well have a response to uh, how things have happened in England. Could I uh, I just ask you what what you think? Because you posed a big question there about whether the setting of standards really enables people to be creative and dynamic. Mm. Or, or whether it, it isn't constraining um, well, there, and there is, inhibiting yeah. them. What, what do you think the answer is? Well, no, I, I, I think the jury is out in a sense and uh, it may well be less the fact... I think the standards are by and large uh, are for the power of good. They're clear, they're about promoting welfare in a, in a liberal progressive sense. Whether or not they constrain practice more or less than other externalities is, is a good question, I think. So whether or not government target setting, uh, whether or not new technologies in social work, whether new managerialism in social work constrains practice more than than the standards is another question. But the only point I'm making in a sense is that that social workers don't work in closed systems of decision making. They work in very complex, uncertain environments and standards don't always help you to find a solution. What I would say is is that 
that in a way there's a danger that the standards become a, something of a tick box exercise and that by ticking those boxes you're not going to be a good practitioner. But if you're a good practitioner, you will be able to tick those boxes without too much difficulty. So I, I think so it's a real. You... I think it's it's putting the cart before the horse to say that these these standards will create good practitioners. Practitioners have to be created in, in, an, mm. in another way through, through training and through their own skills, and then they will meet those standards. I think it might be a good point to mention that there is now a, a new post-qualifying framework for social work, and uh, it doesn't have all the answers to the questions that, that Andy's posed about what really does affect practice, but what it does do is provide a set of more advanced or demanding or challenging standards which are supposed to actually have an impact on practice for more experienced practitioners. So I think it's a good example where a set of standards are being developed which are designed to not so much constrain what individuals do because uh, this is for qualified and experienced social workers rather than newly qualified social workers. It's not supposed to constrain them uh, because that's really more about what the qualifying framework does in terms of ensuring basic good practice. What it's there for is to kind of, if you like, hold up goals of good practice. Uh, It's a sort of aspirational framework, really. It's saying to everyone, look, these are the things you should be trying to think about. These are the the kinds of knowledge and skills that you should be aiming to acquire. This is the kind of practice you can sort of aspire to. And I think in that sense, standards are not always what they appear to be. They're not always rigid frameworks. They can sometimes be creative things. But I'm not sure I personally found the list of standards in the PQ framework helpful. What I found helpful was being able to take time out having practice as a social worker for for five years to take some time out to think about my practice and write about my practice and read more and thereby I was able to tick the boxes. Yeah I agree with Susanna on that one I think she had put her finger on it completely and that if you're practicing as you should be and learning as you should be you will be able to read those standards and be able to evidence them and say yes yes I can show that or we can show that as an agency and if you're not you won't be able to so in a way maybe you could see standards as a kind of diagnostic tool Mm. you know if things aren't going right to be able to look at and say well look this is what we should be doing and these are the elements that should be in it so what could we not evidence 